1: This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley campus May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party! Reserve your spot at eomega.org/party today. This is Soulful Living on Empower
0: Radio. Here's your host, Terry Williams. Hey, wherever you are in the world today, I welcome you to another 30 minutes of Soulful Living here at Empower Radio. Um, I'm going to try to say this without weeping. My guest today, Regina Louise, has impacted me more than any other guest I've had on this show. Uh, As I was researching her, not only researching her work, um, making my way through her latest book. I found myself uh, sobbing many times, not just uh, not just for Regina, but for um, where we are in the world today. And I feel like after today, you're going to realize why Regina's work is so important for everybody. So uh, with that said, welcome to Soulful Living, Regina.
1: Oh, Terry, the pleasure is mine. What a way to kickoff motivational monday
0: yeah really let's just jump right into it okay so uh let's give the listeners a little bit of history about you you were in the foster care system for um a really long time and in what 30 different places 30 different places um and i i love that um the gumption that you had to keep going brought you to San Francisco University at 18 and a, an endless story. So fill in my, fill in my blanks here.
1: Mm. Yes, so I turned myself in to the police as a young girl because the situations that I attempted to live in They did not serve me, they were not safe spaces. So I set out, you know, in search of a safe place. I landed in many places, as you mentioned, but lastly in California and where I spent a considerable amount of time in solitary confinement. You know, and when I think about that piece and At the time, I had no idea that while I sat in a room with no windows, no door handles, and the only light was that light at the bottom of the door, which I would oftentimes speak into my dreams, my promises. I would say my name into that light. I had no knowledge that Nelson Mandela was also in solitary confinement on Robben Island. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I pursued my academic career in my very late 40s into my 50s that I recognized that, wow, who knew that, you know, across the world, another Black-bodied human being was suffering the Weight and the burdens of being born in the skin he was in, mm-hmm. as was
0: well I. Mm-hmm. What an amazing connection. And, and not only that, what I think about your story is the, the millions of children that may have been in that similar situation and the inspiration that you became to help motivate them to help motivate anybody to connect with that light.
1: Hmm. Well, truth is,
0: I never
1: saw myself in, in, the, in the normative culture in any way. Mm-hmm. Everything I saw that reflected any semblance of me, it was negative. It was minimizing and it was disadvantaging me. And mm-hmm. so I knew I I loved the Pied Piper. I loved that story. How a man could blow a flute and 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 pull energy towards him, right? To to do whatever it was he needed to do. And what I love is that idea that my story is is metaphor is symbolic of playing the instrument of possibility mm. playing mm. the instrument of like I said to you, I dream in equality that's that's what I know that's all I know yeah that so to to become that what 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 did the uh, Dalai Lama say? be the change you want to see so mm-hmm. There it is.
0: Mm-hmm. ok. so, as a young child, though, you know you didn't have that. You didn't have those leaders to uh, to connect with. What do you think it was inside of you that kept you focused on that light? you know, that kept you standing in your own sense of empowerment, really? For a child to turn themselves into the police and say, hey, I'm not being taken care of, that's got a lot of gumption behind it. So what was it in you? Well
1: Well, I think, excuse me, Terry, great question. I believe there is a I I answer everything with a story.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, it's just That's okay. I love story, please. Yes,
1: it's, it's the way I'm stitched together. So in the, my favorite Christmas song, "Oh Holy Night," which I hope to one day record. You know that those are some of the. That's going to be one of the things on my bucket list is to record "Oh okay. Holy Night." Where I'm feeling in, it
0: for you. In
1: "Oh Holy Night," there is a line, there is a line, and it says, um, "Low lay the world in sin and error pining, till He appeared, and a soul felt." It's Mm worth. That is how I survived. Mm -hmm. My soul felt its worth. And I'm also going to say that what that means is my I became aware of spirit. Mm -hmm. I became awake and aware and alive to the truth of who I was. Mm -hmm. And I could feel that the people I lived with, now I know hurting people hurt people. Yeah. I was so vivacious and what one would call precocious. I I came from people who were afraid, who were afraid to express themselves. I came from people who came from sharecroppers. So the epigenetic lineage that followed me was from people who had, you know, they say that that saying when you squelch someone's spirit. Yeah. I came from people whose spirits were squelched and mm-hmm. to see me so alive and so vibrant. I've been on the other side of, of watching somebody just, you know, come alive like fireworks and and they feel oppressed because someone else told me I can't be like that
0: mm-hmm. and and,
1: and try to, you know, hold me down till I learn to hold myself down so i get it i get what they must have felt when they were when they were forced to deal with me
0: right yeah so. wow wow well i i think of your story um uh, of your life and what you're living right now as um you're I, I practice a lot of mystical stuff you know shamanism whoops there goes my glasses um Anyway, I practice shamanism and I feel like what you're what you're speaking right now is providing the opportunity to rewrite the history for your lineage, for your ancestors and change the future for whatever, you know, um familiar beings or familiar, not necessarily family, come okay. across your path and okay. that that's a really powerful gift and opportunity that you are naturally walking. It's Mm. really beautiful, really beautiful.
1: You know, it's interesting. This morning I was posting something on Instagram. I'm going live today with someone who I have a lot of respect for. So anyway, I was posting the live announcement and I came across another post from someone who follows me that said, from Mother Teresa, Mm. anyone who you come in contact with, as they leave you, make sure they do so more happy. And I I stopped for a moment. I'm like, that's what I love. That's what this game is about for me is anyone that I come in contact with. I want to make sure that they leave that interaction
0: mm-hmm. far more
1: happier than they did coming into it. Well that's how I live my life. It's
0: working right now, and I'm sure my <laughs> producer Kojo will agree. You know, he has the he has the advantage of listening deeply and watching as we communicate. And I mm-hmm. have a feeling that he's gonna find something in here that's gonna change his life. And I know I have no doubt the listeners will. I have no doubt the listeners will. Um, When I mentioned that I was not moved, I have never been moved as deeply. It's hard for me to even speak about it, about your story as as anybody's story, as I was yours. It particularly got me that you met somebody that you loved. You met a woman that wanted to be your mother who loved you. And because of... uh, the racial disconnect she couldn't and you couldn't and then you fast forward 20 some years later after you've written your memoir after your stories have come out and the two of you finally connected and you were able to finally have that moment with mm. with someone who loved you unconditionally mm. That rocked me. It just rocked me that nobody should have to wait that long. And yet you two were had that opportunity to reunite and finally find that sense of love. And you know, today things are somewhat different um, where Not really. no, that's why I say somewhat different where where I have friends that are white that have Uh, adopted Black children. I have a friend who's Black and has white children. It's a little different, and yet it's not. Right.
1: I think that's what's the interesting thing. It's like a bad relationship that never grows. Like You can be in a relationship for a decade, and there's just no growth, no movement. That's what the foster care system feels like to me. My... Aging out 30, 30 something years ago is no different other than somewhat different in that young people now can get apartments Mm -hmm. and young people now have systems in place to lock down the financial aspects of living in an emancipated state, Mm -hmm. but the psychological the sociological, the familial, the emotional, none of that is attended to in any shape or form.
0: Yeah. 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 I like to think of it as um emotional health as opposed not necessarily mental health, emotional health because we're not supporting these children the way that they need to be treated. And what you just said there about aging out Oh my God, their baby's still at 18. How can they possibly age out? Right? right, right. You know, like and there's- I'm sure that's a whole other show we could do, right?
1: Right. There's no such thing. You know, right now I mentor a young woman who I met several years ago. Mm-hmm. And when she aged out, she moved unbeknownst to me within a mile of where I live, yeah. OK? I have done everything motherly possible, humanly possible, friendly possible, auntly possible to support her, to see her, to hold space for her, opportunities to attune with her. I treat her special. I've cooked her favorite meals. I mean, there was a day that I said, come on, girl, come run errands with me. And it was just a really fun and wonderful day. But I got to tell you, it is almost impossible for her to keep any agreements, to keep the relationship on any level. Mm -hmm. Her relationship with the identity of loss is so deep and so profound that I finally had to say, you know what, I release you from any responsibility at all in this relationship because I'm not interested in your foster care narrative to the degree that it defines you as the victim I see you living your life as. As much as the system has set it up for young people to either become victims, they also have a choice to whether they want to move from victim to victor. Mm-hmm. It is hard work. Yeah. It is not the kind of work that you're going to see advertisements for. Nobody, nobody is recruiting victims into victory. Last I checked, that is a job description that one must anoint themselves with. So I get, and you're talking to someone who has, my, the last 17 years of my life, I've been spent advocating, canvassing, working hard for young people who have slipped through the cracks, but I must tell you, I have yet to meet a young adult. When goodness finds them, when love finds them, when opportunity presents itself, when the red carpet is rolled out, I've yet to find a young person to really move through the ego structures and put skin in the game to claim his or her life on Mm. their own terms.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which leads me to this question. Perfect opportunity. Mm. The book, Permission Granted, Kick-Ass Strategies to Bootstrap Your Way to Unconditional Self-Love. Yes, right on. Yeah. I, I mean, look, Terry,
1: what I just said about the young people I've met, the only way people have asked me, you know, well, the reason this book came into existence, I have told it and I'll tell it again. I was sitting across from Robin Roberts on Good Morning America. She asked the question. What would you say to your younger self if you had the chance? And of course, I bust out into "Don't Stop Believing" by Journey. Okay, I digress. I get back to my hotel room, and I am like, "Wow, did I just blow that? Am I going to get sued for intellectual property infringement? Oh my God!" Yeah, I was just so we, have, like, we have to think that way, right? You know. And then I said, "But what? What would I have really? What question am I just?" you know, what question is at the soul of me that wants to be asked, how did you do it? Mm -hmm. How did you get yourself from where you were to where you are? And that's where permission granted was born. And because I said, I would have told Robin, as I am now telling myself, I gave myself permission. And that's what this is about, is Everybody has the the values that, that govern their lives and the belief systems that, you know, situate their particular worldview where it is. And then they move into the world from that viewpoint. I was making things up as I went. Now, I know earlier you mentioned about um, the counselor who loved me and... As a result, that became the movie, I am somebody's child, the Regina Lu story. But you must understand, I emancipated out of foster care at 18. I did not reconnect with Jean until I was 41 years old. There's a very long, that's my life. Yeah, like 28
0: 28 years, right? Right. So so I,
1: I had to give myself permission left, right, top, bottom, front, back. One of the things that I had to recognize very recently as I was writing the book, I recognized that I had to be the fall down. I'm sorry, I had to be the the get up and fall down. Like, there's no such thing as fall down. Because for me, it was like this instantaneous, the moment of impact, I had to bounce back up right i i had to be the get up and fall down and that's what this book is about it for anybody it doesn't matter if you grew up or didn't grow up in foster care a family this this book as i said to you it's for me it's moving across the disciplines
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: moving across all stratifications and levels of hierarchy and class systems and intersectionalities this is about You have one thing, all of us have one thing that belongs to our sense of sovereignty. And that is choice. That is willpower. Mm -hmm. I may never, ever make the impact that I want, that that I want, that I want to see. But I tell you this, I will always, understand that I have the choice to write the next book. Yeah. I have a choice to stand for what I believe is right, is right action from a Buddhist point of view. So this book is about even in my darkest hour, like I said to you previously, I wrote, I spoke my own name into the light at the bottom of that door. Mm -hmm. I spoke my possibility when I thought I would lose all sensibility when the fear was beyond, felt beyond, beyond my capacity to be with it. Instead of giving over to the fear and having that crack my resolve, crack my mental capacity, instead I had to outfox the fox. Always the get up and the fall down. And even when I was on that concrete cold floor, I knew then speak into the light.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and what I love about the strategies that you have in the book, they came from they came from your own true experiences and what you've uh done for yourself. You've also, I mean, educated yourself than more than most people, and you write it from the sense that, yes, you don't have to grow up into a, in a system like you did. Everybody has a block. Everybody has something that keeps them stuck. Um, in I think it was in the introduction where you talked about the love formations, maybe it's the first chapter. You talk about the love formations where you change your self-talk. You know, you talked about getting up and falling down. And when most people fall down, they consider it failure and they stop themselves. And you say, change the language around it. Change the language.
1: Because if we change the language, we change the relationship to it, right? Yeah, and that's something
0: anybody can experience.
1: Right, language contextualizes the experience yeah so right i mean at the end of the day like i love that you brought up love formations it it, i love it because it's love and affirmation and really it's almost like a a a, what's the word like word i want A, a a double entendre right it's like we have love do we really need to, to affirm that once love is put into the mix because it alone is affirming, but for the sake of having fun, for the sake of of, of creating a a tool that felt really personal to me, love formation mm-hmm. to to understand that how I relate to myself, the kindness, the ease, the gentleness, the same love a healthy mother would met to her blooded baby. And to make love the refuge within which I find solace, that to me is a love formation. I'm very, very cognizant of the messages I say to myself, that I speak to my spirit and a love formation, I love you, I am worthy, I am meant to be alive, awake, alive and aware. That anchors me And the truth, and it affirms my own love as opposed to me being starved and desperate.
0: Well, we all want positive feedback from our parents, you know, so if we're self-parenting and giving ourselves that love and that affirmation of joy and unconditional love, it's a self-hug. It's beautiful, really beautiful really beautiful um yeah and you and you talked about that like really about self-parenting and the difference between self-love you know so many people think that uh self-love is narcissistic and it's really what we're here for we are here to love we are here to yeah. love, and we have to begin with our own heart and our own soul. So, Regina, we're down to the wire. We've got, I think, maybe three or four minutes left. Um, if you're watching the video, uh, this is the cover of the book. <laughs> Permission granted. You can see my tabs. Wait, where am I at? You can see my tabs. I, I Not only did I just do homework and research, I read a lot. I I had to stop because I would connect with your story and I would find myself feeling emotional, like this beautiful woman, this beautiful child, you know, thank you for these gifts that you gave us in in moving through this. And um, so listeners, all of Regina's information will be here on the soulful living page. We didn't talk about, Anything compared to what we could have talked about, the depth of this book and the depth of Regina's work is so powerful. Uh, I know that you'll find her on Instagram. She'll have her events posted there. If you're in Michigan, she's got one coming up uh, at Mackinac Island, and it's a beautiful place. So check out that background. And Regina, I love for my guests to leave the listeners with something that they can take out into the day to empower themselves to elevate their soul you have certainly done that for yourself you know what would be the one thing that you can leave the listeners with that can help them step into their own power their own permission to love themselves elevate their soul
1: Mm,
0: what a big question big question i'm
1: going to answer I'm going to answer this from my own sense of soulful living, okay? Mm -hmm. And how the question you just posited lives in me in this moment. And I would say, connect with your innocence today. Mm. Imagine that there is no crime. there is no no uh, toxicity. There is no bad behavior. There is no way, no no offense intended or unintended that you are guilty of. Imagine that just for this day, you were to see yourself through the eyes of your spirit and that is that you are innocent Mm
0: -hmm. in my
1: book i have in my book i have a practice that i call the love of compassion you land that's what l stands for you land you listen you look around within yourself observe observe what's happening with you and stay open, right? And vulnerable, the V is for vulnerable, to be vulnerable and to be willing to listen to the voice inside you. And then to have empathy, to that willingness to sit alongside your own feelings in that foxhole so you have the love l-o-v-e you land you observe you are vulnerable to your own empathy and in so doing that you have meted out compassion to yourself Mm -hmm. so within your innocence do so with the uh,
0: gentleness of loving compassion That's beautiful. That is really beautiful. And to that I say, like, I see the Buddha in you because what you just shared is such a beautiful Buddhist spiritual practice uh, that anybody can do for themselves. Thank you, Regina. Thank you so much for being here with me today. And listeners, grab the book, Permission Granted kick ass strategies to bootstrap your way to unconditional self-love. We didn't even talk about an iota of those strategies. She has some great information and insight. Thank you so much, beautiful. You're welcome. You're
1: welcome. Much
0: love. Thank you. Life is hard and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of A Guided Life Podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.